Okay. I'm going to maintain my composure all the way through this. Maybe, probably. G'day, Wayne. Thanks for joining. Evening for you, Mike. Morning, mate. Apologies for bailing earlier this week. These incidents don't respond to themselves. Um, we'll talk about doing things yourself later on. I told you I couldn't keep it, keep it together. Talk about that later on in this in this video. <laughs> so, like, heads up that the last thing I talk about, the data breach just loaded, uh, is going to be. I guess it depends where you work, but maybe not safe for work, maybe not safe for the kids in the car. I don't know. It depends how progressive you are. I know I'm going to be talking to my kids about it this afternoon because I think it's – I'm going to be serious about it. But anyway, it's the internet. There's stuff out there. Let's start with the easy bits. Let's do that. Let's just start with the sponsor. So sponsor again this week is Collide. We've had Collide there for many, many weeks. I'm always crying just talking about the other thing. Um I'm not crying talking about Collide. Collide's been there for a very long time now. Ensuring that only secure devices can access your cloud apps is zero trust tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today. Uh, look, as I've said many, many times, uh, both this year and previous years where Collide has been around, they're very much in the zero trust realm, making sure that the devices are the devices that should be there and are doing the right things. Achieving zero trust designed for Okta, working on the Mac the window, the Linux, the iOS, and Android. Did they just add that to the website since last time? I feel like they did. I have to go back <laughs> and diff myself with last time. <laughs> Be serious. Watch the on-demand video from Collide. So please go and check them out because they have been a wonderful, wonderful sponsor. And it helps me sit here and, uh, and process odd data breaches. Okay. Let's just talk about something else that would just have a much more, uh, much more expected outcome <laughs> because it upsets some people. The blue ticks. Oh, geez. People get very upset about the blue ticks at the moment. So, going to give you my thoughts because I, I had a, I had a tongue-in-cheek tweet earlier this week, which I knew would piss people off, but it was kind of funny. And there's a little bit of a little bit of truth and insight to it as well. Um, I always feel there's a theme this week, isn't it? So it's, there's funny stuff, but there's serious aspects to it as well. Now let me go back and find where this was. Uh, it's in here somewhere. Long story short, someone tweeted me, and here it is. <laughs> said. I can't even pronounce this person's name. Where's this guy from? Slow It's curious. Looks like a very uh, maybe Czech style. Warsaw, Poland. He's Polish. It's an L with a line through it. Anyway, let's just call him this guy uh, from Poland. Tweeted me with a screen cap of all of these Mastodon accounts impersonating me. Uh, now, I wasn't aware of this. I didn't pay a lot of attention to this, but there's... There's me on the infosec.exchange Mastodon instance. There's someone on like birdsite.blazelight, someone on Twitter bridge, some of the, like there's just a whole heap of them. And it's my profile photo, my name. I haven't even bothered to go and click through to them and see what's actually on there. If anyone wants to while we're talking here and they can leave comments about what's actually in there, I'm kind of curious. But basically it's not me. They're impersonated accounts. And Polish guy 
messaged this on Twitter. Twitter, he said, Twitter is bad, they say. Troy Hunt, are you aware of this? And uh, I, I don't know how serious he was, and maybe there's a bit of a, a language thing where sarcasm and so on doesn't come through as well. But I wasn't sure if he was like, yeah, people are having to go at Twitter for impersonation because of the fact you can buy a blue tick now, but hey, go and have a look at this thing. Or if he was just joking about it, I don't know. I do know that when I quote Twitter this, I was joking about it a little bit. <laughs> Because I said, you know it would fix this, a centralized platform where you paid a nominal fee each month to better differentiate the bots and trolls from the real accounts. And in case anyone had any doubt whatsoever that I was slightly joking about it, I said, I'll get the popcorn emoji, winky face with the tongue out emoji. Because I knew it would piss people off. But here's where I think it's actually quite interesting. Inevitably, a bunch of people took this seriously. And they started, uh, they started getting a bit upset with me. Now, now Marek has just said the L with the line through is pronounced like the W in low. Oh, okay. All right. So that would make it, that would make it S-W-O-W. Swawa. Anyway, Polish guy. <laughs> I knew some people get upset with this. But it's, it, 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 it is interesting because I th think there's one little bit, one little nugget of, very valid information in here around the the blue tick thing. Now, of course, everyone is aware there was a time where in order to get the blue tick, you had to be, I don't want to be self-ingratiating here by saying noteworthy, but I, I guess have enough prominence or enough following or something like that. Years and years ago, someone from Twitter popped up and said, hey, would you like to be verified? And I was like, yeah, sweet, I'll get the blue thing, that's fine. Do that. And there are a lot of us uh, in this industry and of course all other industries that got the blue tick purely based on that. You never paid for it, anything like that. Now, the more I've spoken about this, the more I, I feel like we're having the padlock discussion here. You know, I like remember remember when, <laughs> we still have it, we had the padlock up there in the address bar of the browser. Uh, remember when it used to say secure. Remember when EV certificates used to have names and things like this in the address bar. We had these visual indicators that implied something. And what was quite interesting then is it people received it as one thing, but it meant something quite different. Perfect case is the number of times we would see people say, well, the padlock means you can trust this site. And we go, hey, no, it doesn't. It never meant that. You might have thought it meant that, but it doesn't mean that. Barclays Bank in the UK got slapped by the Advertising Standards Association there for doing exactly that. And we've seen other things since. Even recently, I have a feeling earlier this year we were, berating someone for doing that on Twitter. So the, the padlock doesn't mean trust this thing. And in, in, in many ways, the blue tick never meant that either. Uh, it just meant that this person had some degree of noteworthiness and that was it. And I, I think if, if nothing else, like understanding what it means and what it doesn't mean is is very important. And, and just as the padlock sort of changed over time, I think the blue tick has changed over time. This is the analogy I drew the other day. So there was a time, I remember the first time I got a certificate, must have been uh, so at least 20 years ago. But back then you had to provide documentation and identity verification and all sorts of other stuff. I can't even recall if there was the concept of DV versus EV in the late 90s, if Scott Helms here, uh, I don't know if he was born then. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> the, the point was is that it meant one thing, but people perceived it as something else and it evolved over time. And of course, the blue tick situation has now evolved into you have been able to pay eight bucks. Uh, I have paid eight bucks. And there are a couple of reasons I did pay eight bucks. One is I like to like make longer tweets. 
I think that that is useful. Uh, there are other reasons as well. What could you do with it? I can't remember. <laughs> like there are other things. Oh, editing tweets, a few other things like that. This was before you got elevated higher up in the ranking because you'd paid your eight bucks. Uh, to 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 me, regardless of love, hate, Elon, everything else, eight pre-tax dollars because this is a business tool for me per month is a very very light spend uh, i can't buy beer for that so it, it, it's, it's like it's inconsequential money uh but of course what's happening now is everyone who was legacy verified lost their blue ticks and now you only have the blue tick if you paid for it and then it seems like twitter has gone through and verified a bunch of like properly noteworthy people as well you know like stephen king and, and folks like that and boy having a bunch of them got pissed off <laughs> It's fascinating how <laughs> there wasn't that long ago people were pissed off they didn't have the blue tick and now they're pissed off they do have the blue tick because they didn't pay for it so they got it for free and they're angry. Anyway, point being that for the most part, in order to get the blue tick now, you've got to pay some money. Now, the financial barrier thing, I, I, I feel like it's relevant for me to speak about because this is what I did with the Have I Been Pwned API in 2019. So... My solution to dealing with the bots and just stuff I could not get on top of by any other reasonable measure, it doesn't matter how many Cloudflare firewall rules and everything else I put on, I couldn't get on top of illegitimate accounts abusing the system for, for, for things that were never even obvious for me, but it just didn't look good. So by putting that $3.50 a month charge on the key, I can confidently say that more than 99% of the bad stuff went away. 100% of it didn't go away. There are still tiny, tiny fractions of it, but it made a massive, massive difference. Now, the, the way this discussion sort of started to go on the blue tick thing here the other day is a lot of the arguments that people made against the cost tackling impersonation is they said, I have seen an example where someone created an impersonation account and got a blue tick, therefore it doesn't work. And it's a little bit like that survivorship bias. You've probably all heard the story, you know, the planes come back from World War II and they've got a whole bunch of bullet holes in them, so they go, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to strengthen up the area that's got the bullet holes in them because that's where they keep getting shot. But those are the planes that made it back. And the planes that didn't make it back are the ones that got shot in other areas which weren't being <laughs> improved. So, so the point is, is that you're making assertions based on what you can observe. And there are all these things out there that are no longer happening that you can't observe, so they don't form your cognitive basis for concluding that the thing is useless. And I guess the point I was trying to make, I said to people over and over again, and this really isn't something you can argue about because you can go and see it very easily yourself. I don't have an impersonation problem on Twitter. Like, I don't have people out there impersonating me. Not as far as I know. Hey, if you find one, let me know. We'll report it. But the, the point is, is that it's not happening here. It's obviously happening in Mastodon for reasons I, I do not know. And no matter how much you disagree with the fact that a financial barrier will dissuade some people, it dissuades some people. Now, there's a return on investment. So people are like, well, if you're a nation state, $8 is irrelevant. Well, if you me, $8 is irrelevant. Obviously, I just discussed it's the cost of a beer. But it is a financial barrier to entry. And it's not just $8 too. You know, let's say there's 20 different Mastodon accounts impersonating me. That's $160 every month. And suddenly the ROI 
completely change it. Now, if someone was actually making money out of it, okay, you could probably justify that. If you're just doing it to be a dick and to screw with me, you're probably going to run out of energy to do that very soon and not going to be able to justify the money. So what percentage of impersonation has now disappeared when there are blue ticks on it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Twitter would have the data, and even if they did have the data, most people probably wouldn't believe it because I'd say it's Twitter data. <laughs> anyway, the point is, it would be very reasonable to say that you can have a much higher degree of confidence that a blue tick is a real person and not an impersonation. Not 100% confident. No more confident than the website you're going to is legitimate because it's got a padlock kind of thing. But... Jeez, people do get, they're still getting upset. So I, I uh, about a month ago, I tweeted about the fact that I had put out a tweet saying, hey, it's like five months since Elon took over Twitter uh, and it still works just fine. Uh, and I got more than 2 million um, impressions on the tweet and people were just losing their shit over it. So anyway, monthly anniversary, I quote tweeted that again yesterday and the continued losing of shit was, um, was entertaining. Now, Again, in case there was any doubt about the fact that I think that this is just more amusement value than anything else, I put the tweet out and then I followed up with another one with a guy that was just like a big thing of popcorn, popcorn theme here today. Obviously, I know that this is something which is going to create entertainment. Uh, and thank you to everyone that that provided that entertainment because it was pretty funny. I think one of the last replies is someone was like, uh, but... It, it's not just fine because Nazis here. And they quote tweeted someone that has screen capped someone uh, with some sort of white supremacist or nationalist sounding, is there a difference? I don't know, uh, title. And then I went to the Twitter account and it was suspended. <laughs> it's like, well, well, good, I'm happy it's suspended, but it doesn't really make your case very well, does it? George says, I can't even get a special beer for less than $8 nowadays. Is there any other kind of beer? <laughs> Special order. There is a lot of crap beer out there. I will, will grant you that, George. Okay, moving on. Moving on. We have a whole slew of uh, of data breaches and things here. Uh, okay, before the data breaches, data breach related. They haven't been pwned to email extractor. So I've spoken about this before where I have had for nearly a decade now, because we're coming up to the 10th anniversary, we've got to do something for that. That'll be, I think, 4th of December. So I, I had, for nearly a decade now, a, uh, a tool in Have I Been Pwned to extract email addresses from files. And I basically just wanted to open source all this, get community contributions, make it better, make it faster, make it more robust, make it able to extract email addresses from all file types, all this sort of stuff. And it's quite funny because when I first tweeted this, a bunch of people were like, Dude, like it's just a regex, you know? So, no, it's not just a regex. Yeah, yeah, it's just a regex. So if you're in any doubt about how much actually goes into this, have a look at GitHub forward slash have I been pwned forward slash, I think it's email extractor, something like this. But there are a lot of issues, a lot of PRs. Uh, it's actually going great. There's a couple of people in particular who've made uh, it's forward slash have I been pwned forward slash email address extractor. A couple of people in particular who've made a whole heap of contributions, which I, I really uh, I really appreciate. So uh, 
G. Stefanovic, uh, 30 commits in there. So what have we had so far? 19 PRs. Yeah, like it's not a lot for an open source project, but it's a lot for something that people think you can just solve with a regex. Uh, now, some of the nuances of this have been things like there are some weird edge cases in email addresses, particularly the way they appear in data breaches. So that the one that we're going to talk about last today, that had some odd, uh, some odd, I, I guess, formatting. It had a lot of email addresses that would either sit on their own on a line or then they'd sit encapsulated within single quotes or they'd sit within escaped double quotes and, and just little things like that. So the community has been building a lot of stuff around it. I've been starting to run this in parallel with my old one against new data breaches uh, and then just creating failing tests every time it just didn't pick something up. So the, the one that we'll talk about in a moment, which which by my tool had 177,000 email addresses in it, the community one picked up over 200,000. I diffed it and went, oh, look at all these email addresses that are preceded by like backslash double quote. So we're going through fixing those. Uh, doing things like processing directories full of files as well. Once we can get this super, super solid for like basic text files, I'm going to start creating issues around processing PDF, Excel, Word, stuff like that, because I really want to be able to take this and apply it to especially the dumps that we're seeing coming through from ransomware crews that are just getting into a company's file systems, grabbing a whole bunch of typical document types and then putting that on the dark web. So that's going really well. For everyone that's, uh, that's contributed to that, I, I really appreciate their input. Oh, here's the summary. Excluding mergers, five authors have pushed 67 commits to main. It's probably me. And 67 commits to all branches. On main, 24 files have changed, and there have been 1,350... Oh, I thought it was 1,337. 1,357 additions and 54 deletions. 19 PR requests merged by... PR, did I say PR request? Pull requests merged by five people. Jeff is here. Thank you for the entertaining tweets lately. I've tried so hard to be mature. Sometimes it's worked. <laughs> Sometimes it's worked. <laughs> Let's just come back to that one. Let's talk about two other much more boring data breaches first. TerraVision. Now, TerraVision I found interesting. Why do I find it particularly interesting? Let's go and get have an impound Twitter account back up. Let's do the facts first, and then we'll go into why it was interesting. European Transfer Service Television had 2 million accounts. It's just over 2 million. Breached in Feb. Data includes email, phone, name, date of birth, salted, and, salted password hashes. Television did not respond to multiple attempts to report the incident. 84% of them already have an impound. Now, I emailed them, I contacted them. This is just off the top of my head. <laughs> I have all the data, all the records. Emailed them, Facebook Messenger as well. Couldn't get a reply to them. Uh, onto the Twitters, anyone got a security contact at, couldn't get a reply from that. No one would get back to me. It is 99.9% .9 absolutely legitimate breach from their service, email addresses from their checkout. No one who got notified has said I wasn't a, you know, wasn't a customer or things like this. It is absolute legit. So European service, one of the points I was making recently, I almost feel there's a little bit the blue tick argument again. People are like, you know, th things just don't work this way because of reasons. And it's like, well, in the real world, it's, it, it's different. So one of the things I kept hearing is people go, well, it's GDPR. So this stuff won't happen. 
or it will happen and then they'll be massively fine. It'll be 4% of the gross into a worldwide turnover and they'll go out of business. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, when we look at things like Deezer that had over 200 million records exposed and they're French, to the best of my knowledge, a regulator, now class action lawsuits, different story. I think that that is ongoing against Deezer. The best of my knowledge, a regulator has not slapped them for that. And I think in the case of Deezer, like they had ex- uh, disclosed it to, I think it's CNIL, isn't it, the French uh, regulatory body, but they just didn't tell anybody. Now, I don't think that that is keeping with the sentiment of what most people expect from the GDPR. TerraVision, we'll see. Um, it was largely European people's data in there based on there was a, a country column and you used to get all the two little two-letter names. There's a lot of the FRs and the DEs and, and so on and so forth. So they should have done the right thing there, but they definitely did not. Uh, so Naughty Terravision, there's 2 million accounts there. Now the other one, very, very small, but close to home, and, and frankly just pissed me off for reasons I'll explain in a moment, is uh, Mio. Now this is a New Zealand face mask company. And they had 8,000 records exposed. The data dated back to 2020. Email name, physical address, phone numbers, MD5 password, uh, WordPress password hashes. Mio did not respond to multiple attempts to report the breach. 76% in Have I Been Pwned? There's a theme here, isn't there? Uh, Mio did respond to one attempt to report the breach. In fact, I'll tell you exactly what they said because I've got it right here. This was via Facebook Messenger. So... I reached out on there, where were we? And I said, uh, this is my usual messaging. I'll read this kind of quickly, but this is like my generic thing that I send everyone from TerraVision to Mio to the one we're about to talk about. Hi, my name's Troy Hunt. I run the Ethical Data Breach Notification Service, known as Have I Been Pwned, linked to website. People regularly send me data from compromised systems which are being traded amongst individuals who collect breaches. Recently, a collection of data allegedly taken from Mio was sent to me, and I believe there's a high likelihood your site was indeed breached. Hacked, actually, I said. The data consists of an extensive number of records containing personal information. So, set the scene. I wanted to send you what's been sent to me and give you the opportunity to respond before I notify my subscribers impacted in the incident. Could someone responsible for information security please get in touch with me at email address? For more on who I am, see here, Wikipedia link. In the hope that that gives me some sort of trustworthiness. Now, um, I, I do sort of say in there, look, I'm, I'm going to notify my subscribers because I, I do want to create a bit of urgency around the thing. 4.54 million subscribers. And I feel like I have a duty of care to these people when I find their data to let them know because this is what I said I'd do, right? Like, you come to have a been pwned, put your email address in, I'll let you know if you appear in a data breach. So I do not like sitting on data with my subscribers in there and not letting them know. feels uneasy. So Mio, how do I see the dates on Facebook Messenger? Uh, This was all, let's say it was more than a week ago. They replied. They said, thanks for messaging us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. All right. (laughs) So I replied. Thank you. Uh, Here you go. I can see the dates now. 
so this was this was April 18, which by my clock was 10 days ago, 12.45 in the afternoon. Their response came through at 12.45 in the afternoon, so automated. My response, my thank you, why doesn't it show me that? Uh, 12.49, I'm prompt, four minutes later. Now, the following day, April 19, 5.53 in the a.m., I got a human response. Hi, Troy, if you could please email us on info at meoair.com with your request, and the team will look into this for you. I'm like, I've just given you the information. It's right there. It's in the thread. Now, because I'm prompt, I replied five minutes later, 5.58 a.m. I said, I've just sent them the exact same message I've already sent you. I suggest applying more urgency to this. You've got thousands of customer records exposed and in the hands of other parties. No more response. That's the last I've heard of MeoAir. And that's it. And consistently, it's the same freaking thing, like over and over and over and over, where I either can't get in touch with the organization, either... Well, let, let's rephrase that. I can't get a response because I'm sure there are many times where I get in touch and they've received the message and they're just like, no, we're not going to respond. Now, maybe they think it's a shakedown. Maybe they just want to sweep it under the rug, which is hard to do if you're Terravision, you've got 2 million customers and then I send like tens of thousands of email addresses or emails. So uh, we'll see if we hear any more from either me or I could imagine it disappears and nothing more happens. 8,000 records, New Zealand. Terravision, more than 2 million in the EU. I would really like to think we hear more about this. Let me know if you do hear anything else about that one. Now, if you're on the speaker in the workplace <laughs> with the kids in the car later on, uh, you may want to reconsider. All right, I'll do my best. Be serious with us. Someone sent me data the other day, and the subject of it was uh, cityjerks.com. Now, i got to be honest. When I saw that domain name, my immediate reaction was, this is going to be like a video website of just people doing stupid shit in a city. It would be like, here are people uh, being irresponsible in the traffic in New York. Um, when I clicked the link, I got something different. And I'm going to read it to you so that you can share your amazement with me. I will censor at some point, if necessary. It's not going to get too wild. <laughs> this is serious. The, 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 the headline is, sign up at cityjerks.com now and masturbate mutually today. I'll just, con just continue. Masturbating mutually will connect you and your sweetie, your partner, or a fellow member on an ever deeper level. No matter how long you've been together, you want that for sure. The feedback from our customers speaks for itself. Now, there is a, a photo there. Looks, In fact, one of the things I want to do, serious note for one moment, and then we'll stop being so serious. The, the images on this and the other website I'm going to talk about I really want to do a reverse image search on these because they feel like they're meant to look like genuine organic selfie photos, but I'm sure we'll find them in like stock material all over the place. 
One is of a lady, one is of a man, because, hey, everyone wants to mutually masturbate together. This is not like a man thing, obviously. Uh, anyway, it goes on, and it's... i, I got to be honest, when I first saw this, I, I didn't know if it was like a parody site or if it was a site someone had just set up for, for jokes. Um, and I don't think like this is me being prudish, but it was... It just... <laughs> I'll read more of it, and then you'll understand why. One of the strange things about this, actually, is they keep flipping between the singular and the plural, and this is what made me a little bit, a little bit, not entirely certain initially until I went through the data, because the URL is cityjerks.com. There's a headline down here. It says cityjerk.com, Mutual Masturbation Club, uh, and that domain is parked at a, at a registrar from memory. Maybe you think your masturbating habit is weird, or you feel embarrassed, ashamed, or plain afraid to share that with your honey. I promise you it's not, and we all have experienced such thoughts. Now, where I find it got... <laughs> where I find it got really... Like, is this actually a parody site or not? Is that the testimonials... There are testimonials at the bottom of the site. Some headlines here. City Jerks helped me remain faithful to my wife. Other headline. Finally, a group that understands safe sex through mutual masturbation is normal. And what was kind of interesting is that the, the safe sex message came through again and again and again. And I was, and, and this is where I was like, well, I, I, I guess it is. Is, is that a, a selling? This, this almost sounds like one of those TV shows where they get like advertising companies in and they come up with some really sort of bizarre idea and everyone has to compete to see who can find the best pitch for this weird thing. So I wasn't real certain about this. Uh, and I, I kind of went through the website as much as possible to try and figure out the legitimacy. <laughs> I just hovered, <laughs> hovered over the photo of the guy uh, it's a guy who's um, this is right at the top of the website. Uh, topless, holding a camera phone, selfie. Uh, username full load. Gender, straight man, mutual, born on July 11. I can't help myself. What is this? Can I read this? Oops, this page cannot be found. Get back on track. And so then there's little weird stuff like that because you're like, is this actually legitimate or not? Just to skip ahead, when I loaded this in a Have I Been Pwned, there are about 450, I think, Have I Been Pwned subscribers in there. And if all of this was dummy data, that wouldn't happen because these are double opted in subscribers. They go to the website, they enter their email address, they get the email and they go, yep, click on the link, I definitely have been there. About 450 also, roughly, um, subscribers monitoring domains as well. I'm just trying to see how all of that has now successfully loaded. So they have got some emails, which would be um, be fun for them. But there was a bit in here. Where was it? Was it the... I think they do have some privacy details or some terms and conditions or some contact. Where was that? Stories, photos, videos, groups. Um, and that, like, just to pause for a second, I would imagine that all of this is entirely legal, entirely above board, entirely sending adults, good on them. Like, honestly, if this is what they want to do, go for it. You know, maybe they have a good time out of it. I don't care. I just find it's, it's fascinating the way it has been positioned. And I, I would argue that for most of us, 
this is not the usual thing that we see every day, right? So we're seeing this going, holy shit, I didn't know that that was out there. Uh, where are we? Member Q&A. No, that's, a lot of that is fairly predictable. Anyway, I've got to report it. I've got to try and find a contact. And, and also, just to scroll back for a second, the person that sent this to me found it on a public hacking forum. They linked me through to that. It's there. It's on the public hacking forum. Lorenzo has done a story on it uh, just now, and he screen capped part of the hacking forum where it's published. So this is very, very publicly circulating data. Regardless, I'm trying to find a contact because I do the thing that I just mentioned before that I do with Mio. And I find a, a page here with an email address at truckersucker.com. Now, that takes us down another rabbit hole. <laughs> we have to go to truckersucker.com. Uh, that, that domain name is more self-explanatory than the other one. Let's just say that. Sign up at truckersucker.com now and meet masculine men today. Truckersucker is the online social home and dating app for real truckers, all in caps, and real men, also all in caps. Our format was developed for gay, bi, or straight truckers seeking friendship or dating and more. Standard membership is free, caps. VIP membership is affordable. Your main image must be of your full face, no masks and rated G, which they are. Cartoon avatar images and masks are not acceptable. Members using images that do not comply are quickly removed and blocked from our service. Uh, and as far as I can tell, that is what it is. It's, it, it appears to be a legitimate service. Now, I don't know if you need to be a trucker or not. Uh, that's not entirely clear. But in going through the raw data, which includes private messages, it does seem to be very orientated towards the trucking industry. And and there's a lot of discussion there. And I guess as we sort of get to the you know the bit about like okay, well, what's actually in there, there does seem to be a lot of data in there about people wanting to hook up with other people in the trucking industry. And there's there's messages about yeah, I'm going to be in this place at this 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 point in time. There are PMs from from the one account with the same message about where they're going to be to many other accounts. So it does appear to be a, a hookup service. Visually, it's almost identical to the City Jerks website. It looks like. They're sitting on the same underlying database. I suspected a guess, and I haven't gone through and actually checked this, but I suspect it's pretty much the same web template with a bit of a different theme on the two of them. Uh, and I would imagine these are just two services created by the one, the one person or the one organization. Now, I did manage to get in touch with, oh, here it is down the bottom, email webmaster at truckersucker.com. So I did manage to get a response from them. I did... Uh, I did send them a link to where the data had been published and the original message from the person, including the link to the forum where the data was exchanged. They know about this. Given how extensively the data was already circulating, I did go ahead and publish it about 24 hours later, or certainly let my uh, let my subscribers know about 24 hours later. Uh, and yeah, I sent nearly a thousand emails between individual notification users and uh, and domain subscribers. And I'm just fascinated that there are just no questions whatsoever from everyone listening to this at the moment. And I have a feeling you're all just sitting there going. Crooked with there, though. City Jerks was mentioned in an episode of Louis C.K.'s TV show, if I recall correctly. Okay. Maybe it has been around for a while. I, I mean, d depending on how bizarre the data breach is, 
there's all sorts of extents you can go to for, for verification and, and establishing, I, I guess, the legacy of this service. You know, like we could have gone back to archive.org and seen how long it had been there for or, uh, or tried to get a sense of when some of these email addresses were established. The database itself, and I'm yet to file this away, so I still have it here, but it was over 12 gigabytes of text. So it was a very large breach. We've got um, lots of IP addresses in here, which uh, is not good. Lots of, um, I assume, looking at this table, it feels like um, some of this I, 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 I won't read because it's really, really graphic, but it's, uh, it's very much about, yeah, hooking up for the asserted purpose on the trucker site. Read between the lines. Um, and in uh, Lorenzo's piece, let's go and get Lorenzo's piece up here because I thought he, he put it quite eloquently um, through to this. Uh, I noticed even Lorenzo, with all his journalistic professionalism, still couldn't help but put three eggplants uh, at the top of the story of varying sizes. He quoted me here because I, I said to him, it's really just a typical forum breach, albeit with super sensitive content. And, and, and it is. Like, it's obviously just generic forum software. I didn't even bother to go through and see what product it was. Generic forum software. Uh, and it's it's just the, the usual stuff. <laughs> the, the usual stuff in terms of, well, there are user agents in there and IP addresses and timestamps and things like that. Uh, and just very, very explicit content. So as I said, he's got a, a screen cap in here from the particular hacking forum, which has uh, listed it. They've, um, yeah. In a post advertising the data stolen from Trucker Sucker, the seller claims the database contains information on 8,000 users. In a post about City Jerks, the seller claims the database contains data from 77 users, 77,000 users. What I can tell you is there are definitely 177,000 legitimate email addresses in there. Now, one of the things I always do when I run my, let's call it the classic email extractor, and then we've got the new open source community-driven one I'll start rolling over to very soon. When that runs and I extract email addresses, I always go through and eyeball them, which I'm doing right now, just the email addresses, 177,555 lines here, just to make sure occasionally you'll find there's I, I, they're all ordered alphabetically here. So occasionally you'll find there's a whole heap of like test ones or you'll find there's a whole heap of the same domain because everyone who signed up got their own email address on the service or something. But these, scrolling through them, have all the optics of just genuine, organic, normal email addresses. You know, lots of Yahoos and Gmails and things like this, lots of spread of aliases. Uh, I see nothing in here to suggest that there aren't genuinely 177,000 unique email addresses in there. So why so many more than what's in the post? If I had to go and figure it out, I would say that there are lots of email addresses in private messages, and there are probably other fields in there that contain email address, which may not be the same as the primary email address of the account. All I know is there are Definitely 177,000 email addresses in there. And I did go through the verification process too. You cannot register for an account that has an email address that's already in this data set. Uh, so clearly the email addresses in the data set do belong 
to the email addresses on the service itself. Oh, Mike. Um, Mike says, it's a modern Ashley Madison in some senses. People in there probably won't want to be. And then you've said the fallout for individual. Was that a double entendre? The fallout for individuals could be materially bad. See, and this is the... This is where you try to keep your maturity about it. And maybe Mike's being mature and I'm the immature one now because I've read something into that that wasn't there. But some of the replies to the thread that I had going on Twitter were were comedy gold. <laughs> like there was some good stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. That's a perfect example. Upload the download. It says they could put their heads together and figure it out. <laughs> Back to Mike's point. Modern Ashley Madison, in some senses, people in there probably want to be. Uh, people in there probably won't want to be. Um, then he says he's being mature, and he drew a picture of a. No, maybe that's a smiley face. Anyway, um, <laughs> where were we? The, the Ashley Madison thing is interesting, and and what's kind of interesting about it is you know it was thirty plus million people. Uh, there were other large data breaches of similar things. There was Adult Friend Finder earlier in 2015. They had 4 million people in it uh, or something like that. And then they had a really big one later on with much more than Ashley Madison. But Ashley Madison just just captured captured everyone's imagination, didn't it? You know, like it was all over the mainstream news. My mum and dad were seeing stories about it in the morning TV show, whatever it is I watch. It was just a massive thing. And I think part of it is that it was leading up to that data breach so intentionally public. I mean, Noel Bitterman was out there on like mainstream TV talking about how affairs will help save your marriage and <laughs> how normalised it is. So I think it was already in the public psyche and then it came out. Now, what was interesting about that whole thing as well is that we learned a lot of interesting stuff about the nature of, of uh I don't know if we call it adult websites because I don't think we can say that either of these is just a dating website. Like they've, they've, this is not like Plenty of Fish, right, or Tinder. Very, very targeted uh, and much more sexually explicit in nature. And we learn things about it in terms of the number of legitimate accounts. We learn things about how many of them are actually men versus genuine women looking to hook up. And that was what was so fascinating about Ashley Madison, like all the secrets that came out after we looked behind the veneer of that website and we saw the underlying data. And, and I think that that's probably true of all data breaches to some extent, where it's like you, you see a surface and it represents something, and then you peel back the covers and then you see all of these fascinating things about the way the... the <laughs> I was going to say sausage factory. The, the way the things work behind that. Um, <laughs> I've I got to move on. Crooked says, bit of a sticky situation. <laughs> Read carefully. Hobbyist websites. I, th I actually think hobbyist websites might be a fair description. Um, you know, they charge money for this thing. It's not clear how much money they charged. Um, what's VIP membership? Get VIP membership. Oh, here we go. So this is City Jerks VIP membership. So all standard features, you get GPS mapping of people nearby. Now, that makes me wonder, were there GPS cords in here? I didn't think so. I didn't see it. Oh, boy, that would be bad if there was. That's going to take a, a bit more effort to look up that. 
full stories access, full video access, full photo galleries access, full timeline access, full events access, support the number one masculine gay website, which is kind of interesting because they sort of led in the beginning by saying gay, by straight. Um, if I was to have a look here, there is a... Uh, uh, there is a sexuality field. I, I think it would probably be a fairly predictable skew. VIP members get 30 days top VIP banner placement. VIP members get 90% more contacts. All right, cost. So $9.95 for the first 30 days and $5.95 recurring every 30 days after that. A three-month membership is $32.85. Six, mem six months is $34.95 for the first 180 days, then $14.85. Jeez, I need a freaking calculator to understand this. $14.85 recurring every 90 days. Annual is $66.95 for the first 365 days and then $15.95 recurring every 90 days. But there's also annual, which is $75.95 for 365. Why would you buy that one when you just wouldn't buy the other? <laughs> one time, $15.90 for 30 days. So someone is, is obviously making money out of it or trying to make money out of it. I wonder how they do their... Payment cart. What are they there? Oh, please select a plan first. Careful. Uh, annual, subscribe. Please log in or register. Now, this is powered by Moo Social. So, this is the underlying platform Moo Social 3.1.2. Upload, download. It says VIP membership. Very important. P person, crooked. Goo check marks of VIPs. Oh, my God. Moose Social, mobile-friendly social network software. Uh, yeah, look, there's a gazillion V-Bulletins in Have I Been Pwned. These platforms do get popped uh, in V-Bulletins' case because they've had so many vulnerabilities. Who knows what it was with this? Bad admin credentials, backup somewhere publicly accessible, vulnerability in Moose Social. So anyway, that's been my last 48 hours <laughs> going through that. That is in Have I Been Pwned as a sensitive data breach. If you think that you are in either city jerks or trucker sucker, do make sure you use the free notification service, verify your email address, and then you'll see if you're in there. And if you're a subscriber already and you're one of the 450-odd people that were subscribers, you should unfortunately have an email. On that fascinating note, I think we might end it there. Next week, I think I'm going to try and do this on Thursday. I'm going to do it a day earlier because next week I am going to be off to Perth. So let's have a quick chat. What's coming up? Where are we going to be? Uh, in fact, on Tuesday next week, I'm going to be at the Office of the Information Commissioner in Queensland for Privacy Awareness Week, talking about the impact of data breaches on our privacy. Uh, if you're in Brisbane, that one's available. When I'm over there in Perth, I'm doing a, a free meetup with Microsoft on the 9th. That's Tuesday the 9th. Cybersecurity Unlocked, ask me anything. That's completely unplugged. I've got no idea what we're doing. We'll work it out closer to the time, I guess. And then I'm doing the keynote at Cyber West Summit on the 10th of May. Uh, and then to round it out, we're going to head back here to the other side of the country as fast as we can. And I will be at AusCert at the end of that week as well. So I'll be in AusCert two weeks from now. Apparently, I'm doing a panel. Uh, I'm going to make sure I get myself along to the dinner the night before as well. So it's going to be a couple of weeks of uh, chock-a-block cybersecurity stuff. And I have so much material now for all of these, which makes it great. Ah. Daniel says, Troy, how's the garage project going? Well, okay. If anyone wants to stick around and hear about the garage. Uh, garage project has gone very well at the moment. <laughs> I feel I just live in a bomb site. 
at the moment, uh, we are having micro cement put on the inside of the house. Now, that this is all part of a larger set of rejuvenating a 17-year-old renovation. But we've got tiles on the inside of the house, which we decided to, to micro cement along with a whole bunch of painting and so on. Uh, and micro cement, if you've never seen it before, like you know what cement is, right? It's just a much finer grain cement. In simplistic terms, it goes over the top of tiles and it can have a little bit of pattern. So that's being done downstairs. Now, the, the problem with that is that we cannot get from upstairs where the bedrooms and this office and everything is, we cannot get from there to downstairs without walking on where the micro cement is being laid. So the, the solution to that is we have a ladder up to a balcony in my daughter's room. So we have to, in order to go down and get a coffee or anything like that, or to actually leave the house, we have to go downstairs, go to my daughter's room, climb out onto the balcony, go down the ladder. It's been raining every day too, it's been great, and then go around the house uh, in order to get anywhere and then reverse when we come back up. So it's been a little bit weird. It's going to be like that for a couple more days and then then that's done. Uh, the garage itself, the epoxy's been done. Uh, which was a big thing. There's still some more painting to be done, but all that got put on hold because of micro cement. So I think that's that's a next week job. Um, garage door. Some. If any of you have got kids, like really, let's let's say like five year old kids, and you gave them wires and circuit boards, and you asked them to put them together, that's kind of what the tradies who did the garage door did. <laughs> it's just it's a mess. So. That's got to be fixed. Probably probably by by the time we go to Perth in a week from now, the garage will be done other than the joinery. And the, the joinery is a month away. Uh, so that's just, just taking longer. So that will then build in all the cupboards and all the rest of it. So I, I don't think there'll be much more for me to share photos of until uh, until probably another month. But yeah, thanks for asking, Daniel. It, it, honestly, it, it looks amazing it looks epic i shared in a, a thread i think a week ago a bunch of photos of the mclaren in the garage with all the dark floor and wall and everything it just looks out of this world so i'm really happy about it i'll be much happier when i can get downstairs without needing a ladder and i don't just have dust like literally everywhere all right folks come back to you probably thursday evening next week and have an awesome weekend